You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast of outcasts. I am Outcast Faisal American, and with me are Karami Kamil. Hello, guys. And Nicholas John. Hello, hello. They are the Champions League and Europa League of the podcast. Which was which? You decide. And of course, that makes me the Conference League because I'm unique, exciting, and kind of irrelevant when all things considered. <laughs> Now, guys, let's start with the Champions League. The group stage kicked off this week and, oh boy, there were some results, weren't there? Um, Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo scored, but eventually they lost 2-1 to Young Boys. So, Ole out again, eh? Well, you will have some fans calling for that. Uh, a lot of people will say that this match was decided by United's two individual mistakes. The red card uh, that Aaron Wan-Bissaka received and Jesse Lingard's wayward back pass that resulted in young boys scoring their injury time winner. But I think that this is a match that United should have dominated. Even with 10 men, I felt that they should have you know, had, a, had a better result. They have the players, the quality is there, but as a team, that quality just doesn't come through. And uh, one of the issues I was reading up about this, people were complaining that uh, Solskjaer should not have taken Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes out because up until that point, they were looking like the most likely source of, of goals. You know, they were creating the chances. So a lot of people are upset. They feel like Ole was uh, settling for a draw in a match that they should have won. I don't want him out, but I disagree that he should not have taken out uh, Ronaldo and Fernandez. And I, I was pretty shell-shocked when Ole decided he wanted to defend when they were down to 10 men. Because like Nick said, they have the players, they have the qualities. It should have been an easy win for United but hey that's why it's the Champions League right upsets happens it also once again raises the question about Ole's choice of tactics especially in European games he seems to get it right most of the time in, in the Premier League but maybe because the Premier League is played over such a long period of time you know you you have what 38 matches you're 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 okay to drop a few points here and there but not in Europe the stakes are a lot higher so he, he seems to get it right sometimes but he also gets it wrong almost just as much, you know. So the question now is how much more patience uh, no, are the fans going to give him? How much more patience uh, will the club have with him before they decide to take some drastic action? How much of it do you think uh, boils down to his uh, inexperience in continental management? You can't say that he is not, he doesn't have enough experience now because it's been, what, three seasons uh, he's with United. And he has done a pretty good job. Remember the comeback against PSG when Rashford scored the last right. minute penalty? So I think he has a problem of consistency because he has the offensive power, right, with United. So I think I think he just need to let loose their offensive prowess and just kill all these games early. Give it a so good goal uh, early on, right? Exactly. And so that this kind of upsets won't happen, especially in the, uh, in the Champions League. In the Premier League, he can... I think he can make it. So after one match, United are at the bottom of Group F. Uh, the next opponent is Villarreal, who drew two all with uh, Atalanta. Now, um, in another group, Liverpool beat AC Milan 3-2. Now, they're in Group B alongside Porto and Atletico Madrid. Uh, this group, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. It, it will, because uh, 
or I think Liverpool and Atletico Madrid will be the favourite to qualify to the next round. But Porto will have a good fight. Uh, the match against Milan, I think Milan played well in the match against Liverpool. Uh, they lead the match to one at one point, played superb football, um, but it was Anfield and there were fans. So the atmosphere is is on Liverpool's side. Uh, but this is going to be a one heck of a group. Some people are calling it the group of death. Um Maybe not to that extent, but it is definitely the group of semi-unconsciousness, right? Yeah, it is quite a difficult group because if you remember, Atletico Madrid has beaten Liverpool in the past in the Champions League. So they're going to be quite a tough challenge. And like Kara mentioned, you know, Milan and Porto, they're also seasoned campaigners in the Champions League and you you can't rule them out just like that, you know. So pretty tough, but it's kind of hard to see Liverpool and Atletico not making it out of the group, lah. Now, as for uh, both of last season's finalists, Chelsea beat Zenit 1-0 at home. Romelu Lukaku scoring the winner. Yes, and it was a very, very tight game. I think Chelsea did not play their best game, but Lukaku bailed them out. That, that's what you get when you pay 97, 98 million pounds for a striker. They are starting this season with a good result. I think Tuchel has done a good job so far. They have they have not lost yet this season, if I'm not mistaken, including the Premier League. And they have to be one of the contenders, uh, I think. And Man City had an absolute goal fest. 6-3 result against RB Leipzig. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Man City and attacking football, it's synonymous. But I, I still find it amazing that City can bang in so many goals without an out-and-out striker. So, you know, it, it goes to show you the quality that they have in attack. Thoroughly entertaining match, but group-wise... This one also looks a little bit... Uh, well, no, actually, I was going to say that group-wise, it looks like Man City and PSG are going to you know, be, be the, the obvious choices to, to, to qualify. But then PSG were held uh, to a draw by, by Brugge. So, hmm, interesting. <laughs> and to add to Nick's point, uh, not only City is that good, you have to give props to Pep Guardiola, you know, because I think they have one striker and one all-and-out striker, which is Gabriel Jesus, but he is rarely in the starting eleven. So, like, Pep is such a genius. Uh, the Premier League has to be the luckiest league to have Pep competing in it. And I remember reading somewhere that apparently City have, have had, what, I think 11 players who have scored already so far this season? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so they're really sharing the goal-scoring duties in the absence of, like, you know, Harry Kane. Who needs Harry Kane? <laughs> or Sergio Aguero. Or Sergio Aguero, yeah. <laughs> Other results of note. Uh, Bayern Munich beat Barcelona 3-0. This means that over the last uh, two encounters, a total of 13 goals were scored. Uh, yeah. Let's be very clear. This is not the Barcelona side that we've come to know and that, that opponent, opponents have come to fear. You know, in, in this match in particular, you have to say that, that they obviously missed the quality that Lionel Messi or uh, even Antoine Griezmann would have provided. So um, they did, I think they, they had a number of attacking players injured, including Sergio Aguero in this match. But even then, they hardly posed a threat in attack and you, and you really have to wonder what's going to happen uh, to them moving forward this season. But the worst thing is, I think the fiasco that they're in now is all their own doing. You know, not the team itself. I mean, I mean the, 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 the owners and the management. You know, you, you pay for players with money that you don't have. You ninja your accounts and all that. This is exactly what happens. You have to sell two of your best players and you end up in a situation like this. In okay, other go, words, go. it's called doing a leads. <laughs> 
yeah, and how long did it take Leeds to recover from that? Look at that. Exactly. And to take on Nick's point again, uh, before this, Barca had Messi, Suarez, Griezmann, Neymar, but now they have Memphis Depay, Luke De Jong, Pedri. So the quality it has definitely gone down. No disrespect to Depay or Luke De Jong or Ronald Koeman, but hey, things happen, right? You can't be at the top of the game for that long. And, and just you see, you know, very soon they're going to be calling for Ronald Koeman to be sacked because when things go wrong at this club, you know, it's never the owners who take the blame. They always, they, they always push it to the manager. Exactly, exactly. Good luck, Koeman. Yeah, but who can they replace him with? I mean, they're not the Barca of old. The Barca of old would be able to attract any talented, available manager out there or unavailable for that matter. Now, can they even afford one of the coaches in the Super League? <laughs> and, and can they even afford to sack Ronald Koeman in the first place? Because, you know, normally these sackings come with a, a hefty compensation, right? And they've got, they are up to their noses in, in, in debt. So, yeah, interesting situation. Real Madrid beat Inter Milan 1-0 and uh, Dortmund had a 2-1 win over Besiktas. Uh, over in the Europa League, Leicester had a 2-all draw with Napoli and uh, West Ham 2-0 against uh, Dinamo Zagreb. The uh, Conference League kicked off with Tottenham drawing 2-all against Rennes, or Roma thrash CSKA Sofia 5-1. As for this weekend's Premier League fixtures, uh, Manchester City at home against Southampton, Man United travel to West Ham, Arsenal are up against Burnley, Liverpool host Crystal Palace and the big one, guys. Tottenham versus Chelsea. What's your take? Uh, I have to pick Chelsea for this match because Tottenham has not been in the best form. Uh, note With note that they are having a kind of injury crisis. They lost Son Heung-min in the Conference League match. They lost another two players, Bergwijn and Lucas Moura, which is not good. So I think they only have Harry Kane now at the top playing as a striker. Things are not looking good for, for Tottenham, but I hope Nuno Espirito Santo can turn things around. Yeah, it's, it's hard to see Chelsea not winning this one, especially with Lukaku in the form that he's in and with Spurs having the, the, the injury crisis that you mentioned earlier. On a good day, I think this would have been, I would still tip this a little bit in, in, in Chelsea's favour, but with the injuries, definitely Chelsea in my opinion. All right, be sure to catch uh, all these matches and more on Astro. Now, just a quick bit on the World Cup every two years issue, right? Um, we said previously that if it goes ahead, this is going to open a huge can of worms. And sure enough, it's already starting. Uh, there are now proposals to host the Rugby World Cup every two years. But uh, in their case, uh, it's only if there's 100% approval from all parties. If this does go ahead, rugby is going to be uh, holding the World Cup two years, maybe the Euros as well. And the uh, African Cup of Nations is already two years, so maybe they could hold it every year. Every year. <laughs> no, but, but you see, one important point that you mentioned about uh, the, the rugby guys who are doing this is that they only want to go ahead with it if there is approval from everyone. Basically, all agree to do it, then we go ahead. The difference between that and what FIFA are trying to push is that not everybody agrees that the Football World Cup should be held every two years. You've got UEFA, which is a, a massive uh, confederation, who are saying no. You've got the Global Players Union, who are saying no. You've got uh, your top five uh, major European leagues, who are saying no. So I, I, I don't know how FIFA are going to try and push this. Apparently, FIFA says it's what the fans want. How much are you willing to bet that the fans were uh, FIFA employees? 
right? Because w- w- nobody asked me what fans are they talking about. <laughs> and I don't think any fans, any football fans have have come up and said, World Cup should be held once every two years. I, I've never heard that before. So FIFA must have been high. I think that's the most polite thing we can say about them. Now, uh, before we go, we received some shocking news earlier this week about our badminton star, Go Jin Wei. Uh, she announced her retirement at the age of 21 due to health issues. Now, her reason is understandable, but this is a huge loss for the national team. It is a big loss because Jinwei has been touted to be the next big thing for Malaysian badminton in the women's single. She had success in her earlier years when she was in a junior championship. She won the Olympic juniors, I think, and then the world junior championship. But the health issues that she was facing for the last couple of years has not been good. She had surgeries to remove part of her colon. It's understandable. It is a big loss. Uh, but the brightest side of it is I think at least she can participate one last time during the Sudirman Cup uh, end of this month. And it, it's not just the World Junior Championships. In the SEA Games, there was steady improvement. In 2015, uh, in Singapore, she won the bronze and silver in the uh, singles and teams event. And then in 2017, she won gold. So, yeah, big loss. It's it's an absolute shame that that she has to retire at such a young age with with such a promising future. But like you said, like, you know, it, it's, it's really understandable because when you have such a, a debilitating condition like this and you try and get it cured, you try and go for surgery, but your recovery is just not working. It does take a massive toll on you. I mean, you, you imagine us, you know, if you are ill and you're not getting well, how horrible that is. Now imagine the same thing for a professional athlete at that, you know, so it's a shame, but yeah, we, we, we really appreciate what she's done over the years for the country and, and we show well moving forward. And exactly. it's not like she totally gave up, you know, because she did try to, to be better, try to go on to training. But the reason that she decided to call it a day because she couldn't her body could not take the rigorous training regime that she needs to go through to be the top class player that she can be she did give it a shot but unfortunately you know health issues and she's still young 21 so she has her life in front of her wherever your fate takes you next uh, Jinwei we wish you all the best with that we've come to the end of another Podball Sportscast I'm Faisal Merikan and I am Karami Kamil and I'm Nicholas John goodbye and stay safe Thank you.